And we're on! Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Star Wars Legends, a podcast where we talk about the EU, old canon and new canon. Uh, here with me I have uh, Dylan, a.k.a. John Tuttle, coming uh, back. Uh, he, he runs the raids and stuff. Nothing really important except for the continuation of the expanded universe. You know, don't worry about it. And we got a new guy with us, uh, Matt Wilson here, a.k.a. The Geeks Attic. Yep. Hello. Welcome. So, Mr. Matthew, tell us how you got into the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Well, I first got into it whenever Disney bought Lucasfilm. Um, I wanted to know what the original story was that George Lucas had approved. So, you know, I went to the bookstore. Didn't even, I had no clue where to start. So I just picked up random book, picked up Death Troopers, read it in like a week. I loved it. It was awesome. Good book to start on. And uh, then I went back and did some research, picked up the Thrawn trilogy, and picked up a lot of stuff from the New Republic era. So I'm still working my way through slowly, started picking up some new canon stuff. And uh, I plan to get back to the old stuff, the legends, pretty quick. So, yeah. Good, good. I accept new canon people on here, unlike another show that uh, acts like jackasses to people who read new canon. Uh, I won't name names because I'm not an asshole like someone else. So passive-aggressive. I love it. I love being passive-aggressive. So, I know this was to did the schedule, but let's talk about the success of the raid that happened. Dylan? Um, the social media raids? Yeah, yeah, the one we had on uh, Dark Disciples or whatever. Yeah, that was good to see. Um, I saw a lot of people on the Delray page posting. A lot of a lot of comments went out. Most of them, there were one or two that were kind of rude, but most of them were very polite. And I know those of you who were a part of it, I know there were a couple people who tried to rain in our parade and get into arguments. Um, that was a little... I hate seeing that because, you know, we're not trying to get into arguments with people. Just post your comment and um, just leave them alone because that's not what we're trying to do here. But other than that, we did, we did pretty well. Yeah. It was nice that I commented on it because I haven't... I stopped doing the comments after... Um, what was it? A new dawn when they deleted everyone's comments. I just I took up just sending letters directly to uh, to uh, Lucasfilm, like StarWars.com and all that. But I actually did comment this time on the Delray page, and I got some likes. It was really nice to see. M Matthew, did you comment on there? I have not. I'm new to all of this, so I really haven't heard much about it. Well, we have another one coming up in a few months in, uh, is it third quarter, fourth quarter, something like that, on, uh, was it uh, Aftermath? Yeah, I just put it up today. Aftermath, it'll be on September 4th. Uh, there will be a link down to the uh, Facebook event in the description below when the stuff is done airing. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it went well. Almost everyone was well-behaved. Yeah. There's only a couple, and I know what you, who you were talking about too. The, that was pretty. Those were kind of rude. Uh, let's. Yeah, I'll let's, definitely, I'll definitely join that and uh, probably make some comments this next time around. Yeah, I, it's up to you. Okay, so let's talk about a certain contest ended. <laughs> Shall I do the music? Oh, YouTube, don't crucify me for this. I'm just new to partnership. So, the World has a Black Series poll. The winner just announced yesterday. And it's my pleasure to say it's a great time. They act for the first time in the uh, Black Series six-inch uh, figures line. 
uh, we got an EU character. I mean, they have, they've done, like, maybe, I don't even think they've done prequel characters for the six-inch line. If they have, it's, like, two. Yeah. It's mostly original trilogy characters. And I'm going to cut that out because it's too loud. <laughs> this is like when I played Pound Cake that one time I did uh, Star Wars Reviewers. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's, let's talk about the weirdness of this whole... Um, Voting. Well, so it started. It was a bunch of polls that we were told like each website was going to run a poll and like the winner, where everyone just basically says a character in the comments or how emails a character, or whatever, and they tally of all those and have like a top five or six for the polls. And they send those numbers to Hasbro, who collects all of those and picks six characters that would be in the final poll. That's what we were told, and. When all the polls came out, you know, there was a bunch of EU characters on there. Revan was on there, uh, Dark Talon was on there, Mar was on there a lot, and Starkiller were the ones that showed up on a whole bunch of polls. But the final poll came out, and Revan was the only EU character on there, which of the EU characters did the best out of on all the polls. So that's not that's not entirely that's not entirely like bad for him, like good for him, but you know, those other EU characters weren't on there. But a character that was, which was not hard, hardly any of the polls, was Sabine. And actually, there were seven characters that made the final poll, even though they said originally that there were six. And a lot of things, Dave Filoni, obviously, but there were a lot of places that are, like, you know, close to the Star Wars community that were, or, like, you know, the people in charge that were saying, uh, trying to promote Sabine to win. And it was close. Um, not really close. It was pretty much a two-horse race with, I think, Sabine finished around 28% of the vote and Revan was about 41. But Sabine was climbing up and a lot of people in the movement were thinking there might be a little bit of unfair play with what they were going to do. Because it seemed like Sabine was destined to win, that they might screw us over and have her win. But Revan won the original post original poll, he was the first winner, and then they went ahead and added Sabine as the bonus winner. <laughs> well, she was the one that went in second. She in was all, second. In all fairness, in that last poll. I was looking at that, because Revan's deadlocked for a couple days there, near the end, and Sabine's just kept going up, and I'm like, oh, oh lord, oh no. We're not going to have Revan, because, you know, we, we, we need something that different. And, I mean, I would have been fine if Sabine won, in all fairness. It's just cooler that we got Revan, too. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it, it's exciting. Finally, there's another new yeah, character. Yeah, there's still hope for the EU, so can't give up. Yeah. Because there hasn't been a single EU character in the 6-inch series. There's only been a couple in the 3-inch or whatever. Uh, the the half-size ones. The, the standard action figure size ones. Because I know they have... They did Amara. They did Amara Jade. They did Plagius. Malgus. Um, Bastila. And Starkiller, I think, the ones they've done. I've seen the Bastila and Malgus one. Yeah, and I've seen Plagius, which I should have bought. I should have bought That's, 20. That's my favorite book. That's my favorite there. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting. There's going to be EU. I'm going to pick that beast up. And I can't find I can't find anywhere when they're actually coming out. Because they're coming out soonish, so... Probably around Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. They're probably going to come out along with the Force Awakens figures. Mm -hmm. uh, that'd be my guess. So let's move on to other Star Wars products here. Force and Destiny came out, the beginner's game. And I actually got my hands on the last set, probably in my county. <laughs> this thing sold out. So like, I can't find it anywhere. I did. I found it. Uh, I read the adventure, 
so far. I like I like the uh, the whole premise of the adventure here. It's very basic. You got to save your Jedi Master from this uh, essential, essentially an, equi- an Inquisitor, and it, it's pretty cool. I have not read the rules yet. I I, I glanced over them and read over the dice stuff because there's some weird dice stuff. Fantasy Flight is always pushing the envelope for their systems of dice and rolling mechanics. And I really, I personally like that. I like the X-Wing Miniatures game. Um, Dylan, you are a big Armada fan, right? Yes. He keeps them right there. He cuddles with them at night. He loves loves that Armada. He plays against himself sometimes. All the time. When he gets mad at Empire at War. Because he accidentally uses the Death Star to blow up his own planet. That was one time. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so stay tuned next episode when I figure out the rules and actually have my friends play the game. Or maybe it'll be the episode after that because my friends sometimes they don't like to use the brains. They don't like trying new things. So, yeah. I don't know. Matthew, have you played any of the Fantasy Flight games? I have not. I've seen some of the, I don't know, the X-Wing series games. Um, All the little miniatures? I saw some of those the other day in the bookstore. They look so cool. I want to get involved and play these things, but just don't really know anybody that's interested. X-Wing is expensive because it's a miniature game. Yeah. And have you seen that Tantive 4? Yeah, I, I saw the Millennium Falcon, and I, I wanted to buy it just to display that thing. It was awesome. You've got to be careful, though. Uh, I had it demoed. I played it. When it first came out, I played a demo of it at my comic shop. Uh, the X-Wing's very brittle. Mm. A lot of... A lot of... They're very... The same with the TIE Fighters. All the little fighters are very brittle. Mm-hmm. So just... Be careful with that. Same with uh, Armada. The uh, squadrons, when you're putting them together, they're kind of fragile, so don't try to force them too much, and a lot of the pieces are really fragile, so take care when you put them together. But they're really well done. They're very well detailed and everything. Oh, um, can I show off a few of them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it focuses on you and not me. Hopefully. Um... This is a Victory Class Star Destroyer. Wow. Yeah. And actually, um, the way the game works is they it has two sides to it. So basically, if you want a Victory 1 Class Star Destroyer, you can flip a side, and Victory 2 Class Star Destroyer, you can flip the side again. So basically, you have two sets of stats that you can use for whichever you want to deliver fleet. And all the ships are like that, like... You basically, even though it's one ship, you can have two ships if it's a customized customization. This is a Nebulon B frigate. Detail on these are amazing. I won't go through all the expansion stuff because we'll be here forever. Yeah. Don't you own almost all the expansions? I own all the expansions that are out, but I'll just go through the core game stuff right now. And this is the uh, CR90 Corvette. Yes. I really hope it's focusing on me when I go to silence. <laughs> it's gotta be, uh, so pretty. Bad. And then for squadrons, these are your TIE fighters. And obviously the the uh, squadrons are not within scale of the ships. The ships are within scale of each other. But the squadrons are not the scale with the ships. They have to be a little bit bigger so you can actually see them and maneuver and play with them. Or, well, in, in the X-Wing Miniatures game, everything is to scale, which is why it's more expensive. And then there's also Imperial Assault that involves um, ground forces, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And then the X-Wings. Dylan, what's your favorite of the expansions, just real quickly? My favorite of the expansions... Um, it would probably be the, the um, Rebel Alliance Fighters expansion because for hero cards, and again, 
he was well and alive in Fantasy Flight. The four hero cards they gave us were um, for the X-Wing, you got uh, we got um, Wedge, which, you know, obviously movie character. Wedge is the X-Wing guy. And it came, in the core set, you got Luke. Um, Y-Wings was a uh, Dutch from, again, another another, uh, another movie character. But then for A-Wings, you got Tycho. And then for B-Wings, you got Ian Farland. So, pretty good um, representation in that. Sorry. Because we all know Tycho's favorite fighter is the A-Wing, even though he used it in one book. Yeah. <laughs> and then he flies an X-Wing for the rest of his career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think even still, he's like the most well-known A-wing pilot in of the expanded universe. So that's why they gave it to him. Tycho, best character, doesn't show up in the movie, but he was in all the battles in Return of the Jedi. I have a funny story with when I'm in a playthrough with Tycho. The hero unit for the um, Tie Advance, which is in the um, Imperial. Fighter um, expansions is Darth Vader. So at one point in a battle, basically Tycho and Darth Vader led squads against each other, and it got down to Tycho and Darth Vader, and each of them were in like a squad for like their own ship, and they just come in. And uh, Darth Vader was attacking, and he attacks just enough to kill Tycho's last fight, last A-wing. But the A-wing has the counter ability, so if it gets attacked, it can attack back. So Tycho rolls to attack and rolls just enough to kill Darth Vader. So in one attack, Tycho and Darth Vader killed each other. <laughs> That's great. So, Alright, let's get to the main topic at hand. This is a Tartoski Clone Wars retrospective, not a Filoni Clone Wars retrospective. But we'll be talking about that briefly as well here, because the two get compared a lot. So... Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with them. Clone Wars. I remember when they aired between cartoons. Mm -hmm. It was weekday nights, Monday through Thursday at 9 o'clock. Episodes would run from 9, 9 o'clock to 9.05, 9.06, and then the cartoon that was regularly scheduled would start right there, and it would be missing a commercial break. But every day, 9 o'clock, I was just like in front of my TV like, Okay, I'm gonna watch it. And then the other cartoon would come on. And I'm like, done. I remember when the last five they aired the last five chapters mm -hmm. right before Revenge of the Sith came out. Oh, I know, and it was the perfect lead up. Yeah, I remember watching them online. They released them online as well. I don't know if they came out like a week later or what, but uh, I remember back in college, me and my roommate would sit there, same time, just watch it. We loved it. Too short, you know? Leave you on the edge of your seat. Mm -hmm. But that was the point. They were very serialized. Which yes. is... Uh, I don't want to get into hating on Filoni right now. We'll save it, that for a little bit later. <laughs> it followed a lot of... And this is Tartofsky in general. His It did a lot of show-not-tell. Which is why yeah. it could be so quickly. There was a lot of character development that would go into, like, 20 seconds of just watching watching an action, which could have taken minutes to explain, but they show it, and because they show it, they can get, the, they can get it done faster, and which helps the action, because the action can happen, and you can condense more into five, six-minute episodes. Yeah, I was so into this that I have the actual comic books back there. There's little digests right next to Dark Empire. Uh, I have all of those. And uh, that's 10, 12, something like that, volumes of... It was just the same art, and it was the similar... They were all little teeny tiny stories in these digest books that would come out, like, once every couple months. And I was just... I was obsessed with this when it came out. Yeah, it was good. It was... It was the shit. But, we, of course, we had some... Dylan and I watched this together recently. Like yep. we we got on Skype with another person who shall not be named, and we all watched this together, and like we just marathoned it back to back to back. Which, and, by the way, the whole full seasons is two hours long. It's like 
two hours and 15 minutes long, so it's essentially a movie. But it doesn't feel like that. It feels like an hour. Yeah, it's really fast-paced. <laughs> yeah, especially that first DVD, mm. which goes through the majority of the show. Because those last five chapters, they made them longer, so that way they could tell uh, the uh, just the uh, lead-up to uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Because they... And this thing, like, won awards and all sorts of crap. And, but, of course, Dylan and I found continuity errors. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And by, like, continuity errors... There's a scene where there's a Wookiee and, like, his son that are hunting on Kashyyyk, and they hunt, and, like, they throw a, a spear, and, like, it hits something metal, and they land on the forest floor of Kashyyyk. Which in the expanded universe, you learned that on Kashyyyk you don't go that low. Like Wookiees stay high where it's safe. The deeper you go into the underbelly of Kashyyyk, the more dangerous it is. So it's not conceivable that two Wookiees would be that close to the floor, on um, the um, ground level at Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. It's little things like that, and we kind of touched on this in the last, on the last podcast, but. Why do we always give it a pass? It's because it was paced better. And my what I found, and we'll get into Dave Filoni's stuff now. Dave Filoni had a very successful show. It lasted five seasons. I'm not counting the lost missions, because that's overall a lot of people don't like that. It was a lot of not finished episodes. It was six. Six finished episodes, and they keep releasing more crap and and stuff. But the thing with Filoni's one is that it wasn't it was completely unnecessary. Filoni's came out at a time when the rest of the Star Wars EU was moving away from Clone Wars. Because Clone Wars was done. The movies were done. I mean we had we were at this point, we were establishing the Old Republic even further because it really didn't have all that much. We were were we in Legacy of the Force by the... By 2008, Legacy of the Force was wrapping up, and I think we were starting either Darkness Trilogy and then Fate of no, the Jedi. No, Darkness came first. Darkness yeah. is the precursor to Legacy of the Force. We uh, were starting Fate of the Jedi. And then we had Legacy Comic going on, it's just, and then Filoni comes on the scene from Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he makes this show, The Clone Wars, and they release a movie, which I went and saw, and then wished I hadn't. It was so terrible, and it just it just crapped on the whole EU. Anakin has an apprentice for no reason. I hate that so so very much. And Dylan and I were just talking about how you make Filoni's show work. <laughs> and one, you couldn't have Filoni on it to make it work. You had to have someone else there. Second, you couldn't have Ahsoka on there. And she hampers... She and Jar Jar have the, uh, were in there for no reason. I mean, granted, Ahsoka is a character made for the show, but her character is entirely useless through... The majority of the show. She has like the Han Solo dumb luck thing and manages to survive all her encounters with other like villains. It, but it's like instead of Han Solo's uh, charisma, you just have an annoying child. Yeah, I, I can't consider that part of my canon. Uh, yeah, and there's many people who don't. I know there's a lot of people that absolutely love it, but to me, it, like it, it throws out the whole, you know, Anakin and Obi Wan supposed to be like family, basically. You know, they loved each other. They were brothers. There's but... some good comic stuff that came out that you should read. That really enforces <coughs> the brother thing. Mm-hmm. Some that was Republic Run. That was what I was also obsessed with. Any Oski's Clone Wars. Yeah, I just think she took away so much from the story. Yeah. Sorry. And what what are some 
We give Tchaikovsky's Clone Wars a pass because it was coming out fresh and new. It was like the first thing out, really. It had, it had droids that jousted. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> it had, it had, a, it had a Jedi Master in front of a bunch of clone troopers when the ship's crashing down. He's just like, "Oh, let's just take over a Confederate ship," and they all jump like on jetpacks onto the ship and take it over. <laughs> yeah, you had the, uh, the the underwater lightsaber battle. Yeah, that was awesome. Yep. There's some really good stuff in Tartoski's Clone Wars. And at the time, when the stuff was coming out, it didn't really affect anything. Well, we can talk... Why don't we get into a little spoilers of Tartoski's Clone Wars here. People should have seen it by now, so I don't feel like... Yeah. I don't feel sorry if I spoil some stuff for you guys. Ten years. Yeah, I don't think they even sell it anymore in stores. You can get it on... Amazon for Amazon. Like bucks for each DVD. <laughs> they need, that's something that needs a Blu-ray release. I agree. Um, so Anakin fights Ventress in this. Big shocker. I mean, that happened in Filoni's show, as I recall. Um, and he kills her? Question mark? Well, we know in the EU, if you read further, he doesn't. In fact, he fights her more than once in the EU, not counting Filoni's Clone Wars. And, but Anakin... This, I consider this one of the parts in Anakin's apprenticeship where you know something's really wrong with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Sand People, it was understandable. I mean... who? Who hasn't attacked sand people for attacking their families? I mean, I do it on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, well, that fight, they were just fighting, and then all of a sudden, Anakin loses his lightsaber, and which is just a little thing, but he kind of... And they do it so quick with the foreshadow in that fight, because at the beginning of the fight, they're in the temple. Anakin's bathed in blue light, Ventress is in red light. But then he loses his lightsaber, and he loses control, they're both in red light as he's taking the upper hand and kills her. Kills her. Yeah. Which, he he quote-unquote kills her a couple times. Yeah. It's like Dirge died in that. Yeah, when he, he bloated. Died in that. Well, uh, yeah, neither of those are actually the canon deaths. Because, I mean, Boba Fett kind of killed Dirge once as a little kid. I that, that I think that's everyone's goal in the EU is just to kill Dirge at least once, <laughs> make him explode, throw a brick at him, throw him into a sun, you know. <laughs> but it was I love Chitoski's Clone Wars, and then there is the error with Labyrinth of Evil, which Dylan should we should we get into the Labyrinth of Evil talk? Have you read Labyrinth of Evil? I don't remember Labyrinth of Evil. I, there is an error with the events that happen in Labyrinth of Evil because they left James Lucino out of the loop on what was happening. It was the... Um, Palpatine has a bunch of Jedi protecting him at the very end of Tartoski's Clone Wars when Grievous is attempting to kidnap him. There's... Three tellings of the kidnapping. There's Labyrinth of Evil, there's the clone there's Tartoski's Clone Wars, and there's a hyperspace webcomic, according to Matt. The Clone Wars and the webcomic tell the same story of there were three specific Jedi who were a part of the um, protection of Palpatine and at the last stand when Grievous kills them. Labyrinth of Evil says that there were other Jedi intermixed in the in the uh, in the battle, and at that final confrontation, there were, I believe, six, which three of the Jedi who were in Tarkovsky's Clone Wars were also at the final battle in Lucinos. There were three additional that were part of that last stand, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, I mean, it sucks that that happened. It happens occasionally. There was occasional... Continuity errors of the EU besides Filoni's show, which had a lot. 
I can't even I can't even finish watching it. I've I've made it to the end of season one. I don't know if I should continue. Well, the thing is, you haven't gone to when they start contradicting the movies. Oh, okay. There's an episode that contradicts Empire Strikes Back. And, oh. Doesn't surprise me, though. It's really... It is explainable how um, to fix it. Like, Dylan came up with the perfect example. Well, I'll get into this. I'll have to digress here. There's an episode called Shipyards of Doom in a Filoni show where the uh, Ahsoka, Anakin, and a bunch of the clone troopers are going to sneak into a droid ship factory. And they the ship factory has infrared scanners. So they freeze themselves in carbonite and drop them off right in the base with R2 so he can unfreeze them. It's fine, right? Well, that contradicts Empire Strikes Back because Vader doesn't know if Luke will survive carbon freezing, so he tests it on on Solo. Really dick evil move. Um, so Dylan came up with the perfect like exam uh, way to uh, fix the continuity error. Like Dylan should be on the holocron. My fix was that the best pin carbon freezing chamber was either new or that there was something happening where they had just got it fixed, so they weren't sure if it was, like, still, if it could work or if it was still good. So that, that's why Vader had the doubts, like, oh, he doesn't survive. They're not saying, like, oh, it's never been done before, just, oh, this is a new facility or facility or we just fixed this facility. Is it going to work like it used to? That would be my, that would be my um, retcon of that. Yeah, that's understandable. But, you know, we didn't have upfront continuity errors of that in Tartoski's Clone Wars. You know, we had... Sorry, we... You go ahead, man. I was going to say, uh, maybe smoke inhalation kind of damaged Anakin's brain. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Um, but, yeah, Tartoski's Clone Wars is just probably... I think it's the best... TV show Star Wars has ever had. Mm. Mace Windu's thing just blew my mind. It, it's like, it's it's a um, I mean, droids, D-Walks are fun, well, well and good and fun and goofy for kids, but this was very serious and it has one of the best openings for a character ever. Uh, General Grievous was introduced on this show. And, I mean, when Grievous was introduced on here, it exploded. They introduced him in a miniseries called Obsessed, and they introduced him in his own uh, comic book series. And in those, he didn't really talk. Uh, he wasn't this bumbling buffoon that he is in Filoni's show. He was really terrifying. He, he took on seven Jedi, five Masters of Night and an Apprentice. Killed three of them, incapacitated another three, and would have finished off Kaidi Moody had the Ark Troopers not showed up. Yeah, with the greatest ship ever. I have that ship in action figure form. That's awesome. I love it. I just, I love the show, and I love Grievous's voice in that. I like that more than the guy they got in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy in the movie counts. That, that show explains it, too, why he's, like, his voice changed and he's coughing. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of it, when he's getting away, Mace Force crushes his chest. Spoiler. Yeah. And, uh, there was almost the, well, there was the, they actually gave, Tatoski had the choice to kill a, an EU character off. A movie character, not just an EU character. Yeah, a movie character off. I say EU because she got her character in the EU. She just shows up in to like a, a one scene in Attack the Clones, and that'd be Shock T. More famous for her fan service outfit in Force Unleashed that was completely unnecessary. And her apprentice, even her even more fan service outfit. And also annoying. 
in my top five and most annoying EU characters. She's ranked at five. But I mean, they talk about it in this, in the audio commentary, this of the decision because the way they tell it that Lucas was going back and forth on whether or not he was going to kill Ahsoka, or not Ahsoka, I'm getting that mixed up, Shakti, at the end of the, um, the same species, okay? What do you want from me? It, it, there was actual talk. Lucas actually wanted Ahsoka dead anyway. And oh, Filoni, right. Filoni said you, no for that. Lucas was going back and forth on if he was going to kill Shock or not. And at one point there was, you know, that fleeted scene that's on the episode three where, like, they kill her on the bridge of, um, or on the um, previous ship. So they're going back and forth, back and forth on that. And they, they decided they put us the episode, like, okay, I'm not sure Lucas is going to kill Go, so let's just not kill her. She gets um, she gets tied up, and um, he leaves her. Leaves her for dead, essentially, and then Mace Windu finds her. That's what they ended up doing, and they said, we probably should have killed her because the movie came out, and then she wasn't in the movie. Yeah, she was even in Order 66. And that deleted scene isn't like it's an unfinished scene. It's a completely finished scene that they cut out last minute. Mm-hmm. It'd been cool if there was an option where you could keep in uh, deleted scenes. That'd be so cool. Yeah, but the thing is, Phil, former film major here, sometimes deleted scenes ruin pacing in movies. Yeah, that'd be very true. Very true. That's why the yeah. whole um, in the original Star Wars when they did the special edition of the uh, final battle with the Death Star, uh, the pacing's off because they had to throw in more CG crap. Yeah. But, yeah. I always liked the deleted scenes from episode 3 when, like, the um, Padme and, like, other people who would eventually go on to leave the Rebel Alliance are, like, you know, Mon Mothma and... Um, oh, yeah, when they, they establish that, um, that group of senators. Yeah. I like those three scenes, and I would have loved to see them, and, uh, again, it's just the pacing. It... Revenge of the Sith was already a long movie, and having three, like, having another eight, ten minutes of plotting senators. Yeah, when that's the thing that the fans hated in the last two movies. I'm still not even sure what happened in episode one. That whole Senate talk. Yeah. I, all I know is there were ETs there. <laughs> and other Wookiees. By the way, you know what's really funny about the EU? It's like, I hate the politics in the, in the movies. I love the politics in the books. Because they make sense of them in the books. The, 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 whole, the whole thing in the, the movies is just not done well. It's not written well. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, episode one, the only reason it's watchable for me is because I read Darth Plagueis and Cloak of Deception. So that way, like, I know what's going on. Yeah, like, you brought up E.T., so does that make the movie E.T. Star Wars canon? This is the deal with that. So there's a senator it's called Senator Grebops, which is Steven Sp- it's Spielberg spelled backwards. And the, it was a whole joke between Steven Spielberg and George Lucas to have E.T.s in Star Wars. And they actually have a planet that's from an E.T. children's novel. So a little bit of E.T. is in the Star Wars, old Star Wars canon. Just That's the funny. tiniest bit. That's funny. Because I don't know in the E.T. movie, like somebody dresses up as Yoda for Halloween. Yeah. He sees me, he's like, home, home. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there was actually, um, there was a Hutt, uh, Boba Fett, and Yoda all showed up in an, epi- in an issue of X-Men once. But that's not canon. <laughs> Way back. I think this was in 1981. They showed up in Uncanny X-Men. So, you know, there's been little crossovers here and there. I don't think the Muppet, the Star Wars Muppet special is canon either. But the holiday special is. Like the Robot Chicken parodies, the Family Guy parodies. Um, even the uh, Lego Star Wars games aren't canon. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff not canon anymore. Star Wars is more as um, 
canon, hierarchy of canon, S canon, because there is a lot of it that happens, like in the movies, but it's not the way you played it. Yeah, like all video game stuff. Yeah. Because I mean, in uh, in Knights of the Old Republic, um, you you could be a man or a woman. Well, who completed the story? So the man or a woman. Or Kyle Katarn could kill the Emperor and rule as Emperor himself in Dark Forces. Um, or my personal favorite, Starkiller becomes um, Palpatine's apprentice at the end of Force Unleashed 1. Or Anakin kills Obi-Wan on Mustafar. And, um, Anakin kills the Emperor. Revenge of the Sith, yep. Yeah. Some of that stuff just gets goofy. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes the dark side ending is awesomer than the light side ending. Like, Force Unleashed 2's dark side ending is so much better than the one that is canon. I Juno should have died. She, like, fell on her head. No standard human survives a fall like that. Oh, another thing I like from the Force <laughs> Unleashed. Everyone seems to think that, like, oh, Starkiller's over Cal Howard because he pulled a Death Star out of Atmosphere. Even, a like, or a Star Destroyer. He pulled the like, Death Star out. Do you know how much work and union um, riots there would be in protesting if the Death Star got pulled down? But remember in the, in the Clone Wars miniseries, Yoda... Pull down those big droid ships. Yeah, but I Yoda, think was Yoda could do that. Yoda. Yeah, I think Yoda's probably the only one that could do that. By the way, I liked how he fought. I liked, I liked that. That was my how I envisioned, envisioned um, watching the prequels first. How Yoda fought. He didn't fight with the lightsaber. He was just so powerful in the Force that he could move ships in space with his mind and just like have them crash into each other, push them away, have starfighters crash into each other. Like, that's how he fought. He didn't need a lightsaber. He was so oh, powerful. Yeah, because there are Jedi that Jedi and Sith that you just think are so powerful they don't need the lightsaber. Like, uh, Sidious or Palpatine. Or he only had a lightsaber because he kind of needed it for the way he wanted that battle to go with the uh, four Jedi Masters. Yeah, but... You, there are times in some of the Palpatine stories where you you know he doesn't need the lightsaber. He just uses it the way for his means. But yeah. Um, so overall, what's our opinion on Tartoski's Clone Wars? I think we've covered that, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, just the, the abbreviated ones so people can skip to it. Yeah, I wish they'd keep that one canon and get rid of that, the Filoni. Well, you know why they kept the Filoni one canon, right? Hmm. It's because they want Filoni to do Rebels. To do Rebels. Yeah, that's stupid. Filoni controls the canon now. Who have Ahsoka be Anakin's master? Not Anakin, um, Luke's master. Yeah, see, like, I don't like that whole, you know, I thought it takes away the, the Return of the Jedi, the title. I thought that title was really powerful because it's like all the Jedi are gone, you know? Yeah. And then you have Luke, the last one. But, you know, I don't know. You well, have all these Jedis running around. There. Kakuth kind of hid for a long time, and then he shows up in Legacy, and you're like, oh, I guess you're alive still. Because Legacy is uh, how, like 150 years after. I had a minute for that, too. Yeah, um... I don't know. So, what are we reading, Matthew? I just picked up something this week. Star Wars: Dark Disciple. I didn't think you could read that. It's part of the it's part of the Clone Wars. Um, I know Christy Golden. She's written a couple of uh, World of Warcraft books. I've listened to those in audiobook, and she's she's really good. So, hopefully, she makes the Clone Wars interesting for me. Yeah, in the old EU, she wrote um, the middle book, three three books in the Fate of the Jedi series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I also just read Lando, issue number one. How was Lando? Because I heard mixed talk on Lando. It's okay. I mean, it's 
I don't think the writers really nailed his voice. A, he what says writing it. I'm not sure. There's a Soul Melive. Oh, it's Charles Soul. Okay, just, Charles Soul just signed a contract with Marvel, so he only writes with them now. I liked his run on Red Lanterns. He also did a really good Swamp Thing run after Scott Snyder left the book to write more Batman. So Charles Soule is a good writer. Uh, he, he He's an interesting guy. He has He's a lawyer uh, in, during the day, and he just writes comics by night. Sort That's of. pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't really get the voice right, though. I mean, Lando says brother a lot in this comic, and I don't remember him saying brother in the movie. Never said brother. It's like I'm reading. It's like I'm reading Hulk Hogan or something. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't like the uh, the voice of the story, but the storyline is pretty cool. Is the art good? Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. It's basically like the cover throughout. Oh. Kind of like okay. a watercolor type look to it. It's it's interesting. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a limited run or if it's an ongoing. It's a five issue mini. I looked at the solicits. Okay. That's good. Someone read that in here. That's good. A couple uh, familiar faces towards the end there that'll surprise you. So. Okay. Um, Dylan, how's the new Jedi Order trek going? Um, on balance point right now. I'm a couple chapters in. Um, I'm not sure if I've really like gotten to like the part where they start going over the plot of the book yet, but. It's kind of one, but not really. But I'm I'm enjoying New Jedi Order as a whole. Again, I've I'm only on like sixth book out of nineteen, so I don't I'm not even halfway done. So I don't think I can give it my a f, you know full review on it yet on how I like the series. But I'm enjoying it. I'm also reading um book two of Invasion, which. I got the Dark Horse Mega Bundle, so all of my comics are digital. So that's on here. Sorry. Yeah. His uh, comic collection is not like my beautiful one back here. It fits in my pocket. Yeah. And you just read Chewbacca, right? Yeah. And you got hit in the feels with that at the end? At the end, yeah. It got hit in the feels. There was something with, you know, when it got to Han, there was something that Han said that I've seen before on Wikipedia and reading through Vector Prime and the books after it, and usually I order and like, huh, I don't see that quote anymore, anywhere. It was such a good quote. And then I read Invasion, um, Chewbacca, and I'm like, oh, there it is. That's that quote. Now, can we can we talk about Chewbacca's what happens? It's not even a spoiler anymore. It's the common knowledge. I think it is. Do you know what happens with Chewbacca, Matt? Does it involve a moon? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard about it. Yeah, it's I haven't been it that far in the EU, but... No, that's a long... From where you are now, it's a long ways away. See, I think on my uh, EU run, I, the next book I've got to read is uh, The Crystal Star. Oh, you're ahead of me, so, though. Yeah. I am well, doing a reread of New Republic, and... I started where you do when you're doing chronologically, which I didn't even make any sense what I just said. I mean, Trusit Bakura, and I'm barely even uh, barely further than I was last time we talked on this podcast. Um, the enemy in this is really weird. Mm -hmm. They're sucking the force, the life force out of people and putting them into droids. Hmm. But I got out of that. And they think it's okay. And Luke just entered the space battle with them. And one of the best Chewbacca Han moments happened in this. Where Han's trying to get his groove on with Leia. I remember this. This is the day after, uh, you know, Leia got shot, the Falcon lost its dish on Endor. You know, it's been a little rough time, and Han's like, I finally got the girl, you know. And 
He's, he manages to Chewie to make up a nice place. And then they go into, like, the room, and Chewbacca's just throwing pillows all over the place. And Han's like, oh, Chewie doesn't understand human stuff. And then we cut to next chapter, and, and Chewie's like, oh, um, Han doesn't get civilized things. So so we get the, the, the cultural difference, and it's just really, it's really funny. <coughs> Barry wine, and then they get into a, a fight with drones, which was pretty intense. Yeah. Not gonna lie, really good. But I'm not that far in. Hopefully next episode, I'll be farther in. I'll actually have time to read, but you know, things things got a little heated up for everything, so. Yeah, yeah I'll get to the one part where that one thing happens with that one character. Please that one part. Yeah, that one part. People who uh, who have read Chris McCurry, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, John Sadler. Okay. Don't bring this on this podcast. I'm not John Sadler. So, guys, if you have questions for us to answer, we're, we gladly answer on this podcast, so just comment them down below, and we'll get to them next episode. And the main question should be, is Dylan really John, just Dylan, or is he also John Sadler? I'm not John Sadler. <laughs> and John Sadler, if you know, let let me know in the comments. Please don't get mad. But I've never heard you both talk in the same call. We're on a podcast together. I don't know? remember that. I don't think anyone remembers that but you. Oh, actually, I do. You know, because you wouldn't talk at all when John Sadler was talking and vice versa. We were each other at one point. <laughs> Dylan, how red are you? <laughs> okay, so that's all for tonight, everyone. And this one's really a lot shorter. Do I say we condensed this in an hour? This is good. It's good timing. This is really good. And um, we'll see you next time. Matthew, will, would you ever come back on this? Yes. Good. And Dylan or John or whoever the fuck your name is, <laughs> uh, would you come back on this? Um, I think I'm a regular at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Since um, you're technically not co-host of Minox, because that episode never came out. <laughs> anyway, guys, have a nice day. Yes. Thanks for having me.